Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? another thrill-packed episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies is 1980's Superman 2, The Adventure Continues, five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... Rob Kelly. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Uh, it's doing great. At, uh, I'm doing great, although I hear that there is some terrorist activity in Paris, which is in France, by the way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen told us that. Uh, yes, right. we, we start this episode in the offices of the Daily Planet again, where Clark Kent learns more details about the terrorists that have seized the Eiffel Tower in Paris. And we end with intrepid reporter Lois Lane in danger at the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Uh, we learned that the terrorists have a hydrogen bomb that they plan to detonate if their demands aren't met. And we get one of the best exchanges in the movie and uh, I think you probably know what it is, uh, Rob, but uh, when Clark says, gee, Mr. White, that's terrible. <laughs> and Jackie Cooper's Prairie White says, that's why they call them terrorists, Ken. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, you know, and it's just, I mean, in, and then not to get into heavy stuff, but I mean, that, that line has, has stuck with me to a point. You know, I mean, it's like. When you hear terrible things that involve terrorists in the news, it just it pops in my head. I mean, mm-hmm. it just it's that's I, you shouldn't make a light of that type of thing, but it's just one of those things that it honestly does put things in perspective to a point. I mean, it's a it's a comedy line, but it does you know it it does resonate somewhat. So, and it's delivered just perfectly by Jackie Cooper because he's just got this low level seething aggravation with everybody. You know, right, it's, right. You just, you know, it just, <laughs> he, he's, he really, he really just took that role and ran with it. He's just, I mean, it's under other hands. I mean, that role could, I mean, it could just be the gruff editor guy that's, you know, that's barking orders at him, but he, he, he infuses it with a lot of character. You get a lot of, you get a lot of just in his delivery that yeah he li- he actually likes these people yes he, he yeah. loves his job he is a you know sincere newsman man but he also wants to sell papers you know uh, you know which we'll get into that a little bit as the minute as our five minutes continue but yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of warmth in anything Jackie Cooper did or said it just he just had that manner about him so even though he is. Yeah, he's dinging Clark. He is just, you know, that's why they call him terrorists, Ken. He's just sort of like, okay, all right, let's just move on. Did you happen to notice something right after that when, when Perry gets up and he's wandering around the office? On the wall, there is a giant framed photo of Bill Cosby. Yes. Why? Why is there a famed photo of Bill Cosby in Perry White's office? That's very – I mean, of course, you know, Bill Cosby was an American hero in 1980, and but, I, like – he doesn't have any connection to newspapers. So, like, I'm just sort of bewildered as to why, of all the people to be pictured on the wall of the Daily Planet, is Bill Cosby. That's very strange. 
I, I don't know. It's it's really it's weird. The only thing I I saw on IMDb they said that Bill Cosby did have a, a comedy bit in his early routine about Superman. And oh, I am really? Not, oh, I, I am, don't think I knew that. I I don't know that. I'm not aware of it. But apparently, on one of his earliest comedy albums, there is a like from 1963 or something. There is a a bit about Superman. So oh, I, I, that's got to be it. That's yeah. got to be it. Why else would he be there? So that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Huh? Yeah, it is. It is kind of strange that they would put you know him there. And I don't know. Maybe it's just to honestly add some diversity to this. It's a pretty white movie. I mean, I hate to say to be you know, uh, but but it really is. I mean, so maybe it's just to add a little you know, little diversity to the film. But but it is. And of course, now unfortunately, it's a, it's nowadays it jumps out at you because it's right. Exactly. Uh, but uh, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, that's just uh, the things we have to deal with as pop culture, you know. I apologize for bringing it up. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it, yeah, no, I, I, I was going to bring it up if you didn't. I mean, you okay. kinda, it's so focused right there. I mean, yeah, you, you can't write, yeah. Teletype or whatever it is. And yeah, there it is. And, and as he does that, Clark asks if Lois knows about any of this and, and Perry tells her she's in it. And he put her on the first Concord to Paris, and I love his line: "If Paris goes kablooey, if Paris goes kablooey, I want my best reporter right in the middle of it." <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things wrong with that statement. One, <laughs> that he's so cavalier about Paris going kablooey, but two, that he wants his reporter right in the middle of <laughs> best reporter right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be pretty bad if a hydrogen bomb went off in Paris, Perry. Yeah, that, that would be pretty friggin' bad. So yeah, maybe we don't take it quite that serious. Maybe maybe Perry is figuring, you know, well they're not going to get away with this. It's it's it is kind of like you know, I mean, people that take hostages never get away with it ever ever right. get away with it. So it's a bad thing, and you're hoping that nobody gets killed in the process. But at the same time, you are kind of like, well, I know how this is going to end. It's going to end with the. The, the kidnappers, at the very least, arrested, if not dead, because it never works. So maybe Perry's kind of taking it from that perspective. Yeah, of course, that, again, that's another one of those, you know, maybe it's the light light comedy touch of Lester that he's, you know, maybe maybe we're being a little too jokey about this to a point, you know, but, uh, but you know, it is, kind of, it is kind of a funny thing just because the way he says it, you know, he wants his reporter, best reporter, right in the middle of it. And I love how indignant Clark looks when Perry tells him he's good, but Lois is better, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's got Christopher Reeves got that pause for a minute, like what? And he turns his head, like, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Ken, you're good, but Lois Lane is better. Right, right. <laughs> and then as Perry's, you know, you know, going on about how Lois will, you know, get an interview with the hydrogen bomb titled "How," you know, what makes me tick. Uh, Clark ducks out of the office while Perry's back is turned, and we get the trumpets start building up. They tell us. We're about to get a super change, and uh, so uh, I will ask a question here. Is Clark suddenly more interested in the urgency of this because he knows Lois is involved, or, you know, was he going to go any— I mean, I'm assuming he has Superman. He was going to go take care of this anyway, but, you know, it's just— I have to assume that, yes, he was going to to take this urgently, and then once he found out that— Lois is there. It just added a little bit more. Like he, Clark was already at Superman was already at ninety nine percent, and now he's at a hundred. Right. He knows Lois is there. By the way, I love that he disappears on Perry. 
Oh, well, Barry's back is turned, a trick that he learned from his friend Batman, I'm sure. Right. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's what it, like, he was, already, he's already got his course of action. He's like, okay, I got to sneak out. I got to head over to France. And then when Lois is there, it's like, it, in, in fact, I would think if you're, if you're Superman, you're, it's actually not as good that Lois is there. Cause then you're like, well, they got an added complication. I, now I got to go rescue her specifically. Because, you know, I mean, as we've seen from a thousand issues of Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, she's always getting into these kinds of crazy trouble. So Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I do like that, you know, he this shows I mean, he's getting the information he needs in his Clark Kent guys. He's playing that he's still playing the role. But Christopher Reeve puts across that that he is trying to get this information. You know, he's he's getting the details as of course he needs the details as Clark to write his background that he's supposed to write about this terrorist group. But it does show the whole point of the Clark Kent persona as the reporter that he's getting the information that Superman needs to handle the situation. And I like that, you know, and as soon as as soon as Perry's back is turned and he's not looking right at him, he ducks out, you know, so yep. I, I think that's sharp. And uh, we cut to the exterior of the Daily News building, which is the Daily Planet, uh, you know, in New York, but Metropolis. And Clark hurriedly makes his way past the people on the street into the alley on the side as the music tends to swell, continues to swell. And then we get what is quite honestly my favorite single moment of this film. I know it's early, folks, but it's the best shirt rip ever. I mean, ever, in my opinion. <laughs> In all of comics, in all of TV, movie, cartoons, this is the best ever in 81 years of all that. And, uh, you know, we get uh, Christopher Reeves, Clark Kent, runs down this little ramp into the alleyway. And there's a bit of graffiti on the wall that's like a crude S shield, which I think. Yes, I noticed that. That's interesting. It's like in a diamond shape, which makes me think that had to be their, you know, their suggestion that somebody's doing graffiti of Superman's ass. Why else would you put that there? Right, right. And this then we get the movie visualization of every Kurt Swan or Jose Luis Garcia <laughs> Lopez, praise be his name, name, super speed change realized on film. You get, you know, the shirt rip actually happens at the perfect time with the music. And then we get that that uh, after image blending of Clark to Superman. Uh, and, and just like kind of like the window jump from the first film, we don't see him take off his pants, etc. But we get the idea that he's you know changing at super speed. Uh, it's this this is where Lester's direction to mimic the look of the comic completely comes through to me. And we cut to a different angle, and Reeve runs toward the camera and takes off. It's just perfect. I will watch. I just sometimes just watch this part over and over. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, when I was a little kid. Um, I had, uh, you know, I, my mom made me a Superman cape, had the S on the back, the yellow S on the back. And, uh, it was really nice. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, a piece of fabric. I mean, she stitched it and it, you know, was shaped the way it was supposed to be. And, and I would, you know, put that on, tuck it into the, the collar of my underoos Superman symbol <laughs> shirt. And I get a, I, I wasn't allowed to get my dad's – I couldn't have my dad's suit coat because, you know, let's not get crazy now. We yeah, can't all right. Your dad's going to wear that to work tomorrow. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But it, I would get like a windbreaker he had from work that they gave him. had the – you know, the, where he worked, his symbol on it and stuff. And it was blue, so it worked. And uh, dark blue, navy blue. And a pair of safety glasses from the factory worked at, you know, horn rim safety glasses like they used to have. And I would run through the yard as fast as I could and try to, you know, undress from Clark to Superman like that to <laughs> recreate the scene. So, I mean, it's it's an in, in, indelible mark on my 
on my psyche this this change and it's just it's great i don't you probably don't care for it as much as i do i don't think anybody does no Maybe, i don't think anybody no michael I mean, bailey i think does because i think he agrees with me this is the best shirt rip ever and my and michael bailey knows the shirt rips okay uh but but uh as much as i love the one in the first movie and the the great shirt rip in superman 3 superman 3's got a great shirt rip uh I, I got to give it to this one because this could just be any Superman adventure. This is, this is a job for Superman. You know I mean? This is, this is what that is. And it's, uh, it, it's just great. And I, I didn't mean to spend so much time on it. Uh, well, actually I did. I didn't mean to spend that much. Yeah. Time. What are you talking about? You've been talking about this for a while. You're going to dine out on this. What are you talking about? It's your favorite scene. If it's your favorite scene, how can you not dine out on it? The only thing that kind of the, the, the shot after he takes the, that Reeve like, leaps toward the camera and, you know, is lifted off the ground. There's this shot of the, the city from above and the image of Superman coming at us is a little, the mat, it's a little, a little bit of a junky mat shot. And it's not, it's not the greatest. That's the only thing that kind of diminishes it. I mean, it's not like, it's not Superman four. Don't get me wrong. It's not <laughs> like that, but it's, it's not one of the better flying shots from either of the, any of the Salkine Superman movies. So that's unfortunate, but it doesn't matter because the rest of that's just great. And you, you know, you get, we've got Superman in action. We're only, you know, you know, just, uh, just a little over five minutes into this movie and we got Superman. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't beat it. I, I get the feeling that like in the, the hierarchy of things, Chris Franklin loves, it's like one, Cindy, two, the children, three, this scene. Like <laughs> that's the order that it goes. <laughs> in. Well, you know, I'm an easy mark. I mean, basically if you recreate, an image from the comics. I mean, you think about it. You think about this. You think about what I loved about Aquaman. We got on that damn seahorse, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, I mean, that's my favorite part of that whole movie. It's like, you know, that just, just when they translate the iconography from the comics directly onto the screen and it's realized in real life, that's, that's when it just, it sells it for little Chris Franklin. So <laughs> I hadn't, I hadn't really considered that this, that that scene is, pretty much just a Kurt Swan Superman change, but it is. You're right, exactly. It is. And it makes me think, imagine what this might have looked like if they had done a Flash movie in 1980. It would have been a Carmen Infantino panel come to life of just the, the after images. That would have looked mm-hmm. so cool. It's such a nice effect. And I love the look that Christopher Reeve puts on his face because he goes from just – he kind of puts on Superman face. You can sort yeah. of see it. He just becomes very serious. And he – Shuts his arm down a little bit, straight, and then he just goes into the whole thing. And yeah, it's great. It's just, it's exactly what you want. It's what you're paying to see. You want to see Superman do cool Superman stuff. And it's brightly lit, and it's it's fun, and it's, it does look great. It really is like a, a perfect change. And I would argue that if there's anything, and I'm not even, it's just damning, I don't even know. It's not even a criticism. But if there's any minor problem with Superman the movie's, whole intro of Superman. It's the fact that he does the transformation in the, the, the revolving door, which just is, it it is just not as exciting as this one. If they had found a way to do this, but then of course they wouldn't have had the whole scene with the pimp and that whole bit. But I mean, like to me, the marriage of this shirt rip with him rescuing Lois on a helicopter would have been the perfect Superman moment of all time. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, it would have. Yeah. But, yeah, so we're off to a great start with Superman, though, in this movie. Yeah, we're we're doing well. Yeah, it's good. (laughs) Uh, So now we're at the Eiffel Tower, which is in Paris, which is in France. That's right. Uh, And the production shot 
the, the production, you know, shot most of this on location. They went to the Eiffel Tower. So that's, I mean, you can tell it's legit. You know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously not a set. It's, uh, they're there. And, uh, uh, Lois gets out of a cab, which strangely has a Dalmatian sitting in the passenger seat, which I don't quite <laughs> understand, but okay. Uh, we get to see meet Margot, uh, Margot Kidders, Lois Lane again, of course. Uh, she comes in late to an impromptu press conference and she learns that there's a hydrogen bomb. So I guess when she was on the Concorde, you know, I guess we take for granted, she didn't have a cell phone folks. So, you know, know, she didn't learn about the update. She got there to cover the story and now she's like, holy cow. Uh, you know, we learned the terrorists are releasing hostages in exchange for the police to not attack them, which seems kind of a strange, you know, set of circumstances, but okay. Uh, and uh, then Lois runs into the most gullible police officer in the world. <laughs> yes. I, I, that actor is named Elaine DeHay. He plays the gendarme. This is his sole film credit. His entire IMDb page is this credit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yep. I, again, I don't know how you wind up as, you know, you're, you're one movie and you're in like one of the biggest productions ever in history, but nevertheless. And so, yeah, he plays the gendarme who is very fascinated by Lois's uh, French to English translation book. Yeah, it stares, stares over and over again. Stares. What? Mama's, and he's also a bad cop because once he realizes that Lois has gotten past him, he gives up. Yeah. Like he, he does a half-hearted, but mademoiselle, and he, she runs away, and then he just basically just packs it in at that point. Like, well, you probably could go get your boss and say, um, you know what, a reporter just got through, but he, he seems to just pack it in. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, where's she going to go but up, you know? I mean, right, it's the, right. She's, she's going pretty, up. She was pretty asking, easy to find her, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy to find her. Where's she going to go? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, but of course, you know, Lois getting herself into this, this, you know, she learns that they not only are they terrorists, they've got a hydrogen bomb, but she's going up there anyway. So you got a question. Okay, Lois, what, what's your plan here? But this ties into Lois Lane of the really more the original iteration of Lois Lane from like the Golden Age and the Fleischer cartoons who yeah. would, you know, crawl inside a giant flying robot. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, so, <laughs> so, um, the first terrorist we see on the Eiffel Tower on the phone is played by actor Richard Griffiths, probably best known as Harry Potter's horrible uncle, Vernon Dursley. So I'm sure most of you probably have seen the Harry Potter movies. You know that actor. That's him. He's a little bit thinner than he was later on, but that's uh, that's Richard Griffiths there. So, uh, of course, there are two nuns among the hostages, because if you want to show people in danger, you got to have some nuns, right? Right, and and there were also Japanese tourists with cameras, so they were really leaning heavily on the on the stereotypes, you know, of just, okay, what are the people – I mean, like, these are probably the same tourists you would get on an airplane in a disaster movie. You know, you right. got to have the nod, you got to have – it's just the way it works. These are the two Japanese guys that run into uh, uh, Crocodile Dundee and think he's Clint Eastwood in right. whatever yeah. – Crocodile Dundee 2 or whatever that is, yeah. <laughs> Easy to write. Right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the terrorists put some of put the last hostages on the elevator as Lois climbs the stairs. And again, I have to ask, what is her plan here? What, what I mean, what do we think Lois is going to do? Is she going to get close enough to hear what they're saying? Is she going to interview them? I mean, what what what, what what's her? What, you know? I think she just wants to be able to write a story and be able to say this is what they were planning on doing. This is what I overheard. Like I think that's her because, of course, when she loads herself into the guts of the 
the elevator shaft, she starts to distract herself. She starts thinking about the Nobel Prize yeah. that she's going to get. And, and she starts spelling it outside with the, the capital N, the low, little B, the Lee. You know, and that yeah. whole that whole bit, and so that's just really what it is. It's that that's that's as far as she thought. It's just like, okay, I just want to get the best story I can while I'm here, and so if I have to gum myself up and get myself scraped up, and it, I like that detail that the the underside of the elevator shaft is filthy. Yeah, not, not the shaft, the uh, the car is sure. filthy, and we see we should get got soot and crap on her nice dress and on her face, and that's you know she Lois likes pretty things and has a nice apartment and likes looking pretty and stuff, but she's also willing to get. Dirt under her fingernails, quite literally, in the pursuit of the story, and that's that's the Lois Lane that you want. You know, you don't want the delicate flower Lois Lane. Not that I ever really had one of those, but that's yeah. And that I think that fit the persona that Margot Kidder kind of had. Is it's kind of a rough and tumble kind of gal, yeah. uh, and that's and also makes it somebody that Superman would be attracted to. You know, you, yeah. you buy that he's really in, into somebody like that, even though it's not sensical. She's very brave. Yes, she definitely is. She puts bravery above, you know, common sense all the time, you know, (laughs) obviously. But and it's it's I always kind of wonder what it's like she gets underneath the elevator and then she snags her purse on it. It's like, was she trying to go through it to the other side or was she was she literally just going to ride the elevator? But then when it started going up, then she kind of freaked out like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I mean, I, I you could take it, I guess, a couple different ways, but she's obviously gets panicky, like you said, when it starts going up because she does go Pulitzer and then Nobel. She like starts like rattling off these different different prize you know prizes she's hoping to get. But uh, it's 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 with this crazy thing she's doing. But uh, yeah, she definitely. I mean, she's definitely put herself right in the middle of, <laughs> of a humongous story and in a whole lot of danger. So I mean, this is a. I mean, this is another great way to start a movie. I mean, you've got. You know, it it really, I mean, Margot Kidder is the second lead in the film, you know, and Mm -hmm. and, you know, you've got Superman in action and Lois in danger right at the beginning of the movie. That's that's how you start a Superman story, folks. You know, (laughs) yeah, if this was a uh, Superman Silver Age comic book, this would be like page three. You know, that that's that far into that. That's how soon you would be into the, the basic gist of the story. Yeah, and I mean they're not wasting any time. I mean beyond – I mean we covered the credits obviously, and but I mean once you get into the actual movie, they're – this is moving along at a, a good clip, and it's you know it's an exciting beginning for the film. I think it's a it, – it really – you know it, it grabs you right right from the start. I mean you know so it's – they're not they're, – they're not letting the dust settle underneath them or anything for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I like how fatalistic the terrorists are because they talk about the bomb it's going to go off, and the one says – well, you know, like when's it going to go off? And they're kind of not arguing, but they're discussing when it might go off. And then one terrorist, I think it even that's literally the last line of this this minute of these minutes is where he says it really doesn't matter one way or the other. And you're like, yeah, because it's a hydrogen bomb. You right. know, you're not getting you are not going to get far enough away to be able to. So it really doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> right. The, yeah. If the bomb goes off in six minutes, it makes no difference if the bomb goes off in seven because you're not going to be able to get far enough away. And I sort of that's kind of um, again, this is a it, there's a lot more comedy even in these early minutes. And, and obviously it's a Superman movie. You're not going to have lots of really grim death. But nevertheless, that's a like they, they really are terrorists. Like they're, right. they're they're willing to, I guess, lose their lives in the pursuit of this goal. And they're willing to take an entire city, even more, with them, and yeah. that's pretty pretty dark stuff. So I like that. I like that touch. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the the stakes. I mean, yeah, they 
there's enough little jokey stuff going on and, and, you know, you know, Lois, Lois being Lois, we, we kind of, you know, uh, we we like we like that she's brave and stuff. We also like that you know she does freak out when she gets into these things and starts mm-hmm. you know kind of hyperventilating and stuff. But yeah, there's this is a deadly serious situation here. And uh, but they you know they make it palatable. They don't they don't make it you know to to the you know they don't heighten the the grim and gritty fear factor of it to the point where it's takes you out of this you know light uh, adventure movie that we're watching. You know, so right. I think I think it's pretty well balanced through this part. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I think it's it's all you know, it, it's all very well done. We're off to again, as you said, we're off to a really great start. Yeah. Hey, got anything else to say about the, these five minutes? Uh, I don't think so. Like I said I like I I, I like that uh, in this sequence we uh, we stick with Lois. I mean, eventually Superman's going to get there, but I like that they don't cross cut. Like we see Superman flying, Lois, Superman flying. This is all Margot Kidder, and as you said, she is really the second lead of this movie, and this this is her moment. Like this is all her plot, and so I like that they don't cross cut. Superman will show up obviously in a moment, but I, I, I enjoy that this is given to Margot Kidder as her intro to the movie. Yep, I agree. Right. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for this time. Uh, be sure to check out the other fine shows on the Fire and Water Podcast Network that Rob and I host. We won't go through all them, but we host quite a few. <laughs> Rob hosts more than I, but you know we've, uh, we're not counting. But uh, uh, so there's plenty out there. You know, if you like the sound of our voices, you're in luck, right? <laughs> uh, we'd love to read your comments on Superman Two over at FireandWaterPodcast.com, and you can leave us a review in iTunes if you're so inclined. That'd be great. Uh, thanks, as always, to Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson for welcoming us into the Movie by Minute family and allowing us to use their format. They're currently covering uh, The Force Awakens on Star Wars Movie Minute, so be sure to check that out and all the other great movie shows at MoviesByMinute.com. And join our never-ending battle here next week on Superman 2 Movie Minute as the ne- adventure continues. Bye. Bye. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again.